Welcome back for episode 38 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on July 6, 2016 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have the man who it has been said has the voice of a flower, Justin Sane 0516. What's up, guys? Next up is the third member of our merry little band, our friendly neighborhood spokesman for Payin, Steeman Willie Beeman. Payin sensing with you, my children. <laughs> We're also being joined tonight by a returning guest, Demigod257 and Unisys12. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited. Yep, we're good. The topic of today's chat is going to be over the Guardian weapon lore. Before we get into that, however, I do want to run through just some quick notes. In our last chat, we took a look at the lore of the death and resurrection of Guardians. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, as well as links to all our various other pages. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes or through our email, focusfirechat at gmail.com, to let us know how we're doing. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday, at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for all those who are unable to participate. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on the lore surrounding the Crota Inn's raid. With that all being said, let's go ahead and just dive into the lore around the Guardian weapons. And I'm going to I'm going to let Uni lead the lead the charge into the breach on this one since this is kind of his kind of his wheelhouse. Awesome. Um is there any particular place you guys want to start? Well, you know, <clears throat> What if we started I mean, with just some like basic intro to the guns in general? Like, you know, the different types, primary, secondary, heavy, you know, just kind of start really, really broad and then kind of narrow down to specifics just to give right. everyone kind of a, 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 a folk or a starting point where we're going to be talking about. So when we start using, you know, auto rifles, hand cannon, like we use all that pretty fast and loose you know that makes a lot of sense to us um but i don't know if everyone has quite the level of comfortability with those terms so that's kind of where i was thinking we could start okay you want to take auto rifles yeah so auto probably the most popular auto rifle everyone knows about you know Kavasta. Um, but <laughs> what? Certainly the best no. move. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like in chat, uh, the majority of the auto rifles we spoke about um, were just really, well, we covered like uh, three of the main exotics. 
uh, we had like the Monte Carlo hard light and uh, Zalo Supercell. Uh, we spoke about those. Um, Monte Carlo had a lot of really interesting conversation around it. Um, believe it or not, two reasons. One is uh, your fascination with uh, probability kilns and its possible connection with those. And um, hard light and a uh, possible connection with uh, the GNT collaborative, uh, which was which was a fairly interesting conversation. And it's it's an Omelon weapon, which which is really cool. There was a huge conversation about essentially how Omelon weapons work. Um, I believe it was Taylor B that uh, spoke quite a bit about that. And um, you know we we can go into that. And um, Zalo has a interesting tie to a Zavala quote that a lot of people or speech, if you will, that uh, may or may not be uh, familiar with. And actually, I wasn't that familiar with um, until uh, I believe it was Dr- uh, Drimbus, I believe is his name in chat, uh, pointed it out to me. And um, so um, – Monte Carlo, for one, um, starting with it, uh, Monte Carlo itself is actually known as a computational method to compute probability and estimate uncertainties in simulations. Now, the reason I bring it up and the reason we talk about it is because of the City Age card. Um, and this is where the, I believe it's where the, uh, probability kilns are mentioned. Um, does anyone want to read that in particular or? I thought we were going to go with the, uh, auto rifle card. Yeah. Let's start with the auto rifle card and okay. then we can hit okay. Monte Carlo and then we can talk about the cat with the toast on its back. Yes. There we go. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We need we need to link yeah. that that video, Justin, so everyone knows what we're talking about. That's not a video. That's in a book. No, there's also the video. Okay, never mind. We'll talk about it after. <laughs> I have a video of it. What? So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, moving. So on. auto rifles. You want me? To, I'll I'll grab that one if you want to grab uh, Unisys. Grab Monte Carlo, and then I'll we'll just we'll just transition right in. Okay. Sound good? So, auto rifles. Basic description is all-purpose weapons of war. The standard auto rifle is ideal for a number of combat scenarios. Stability is key to controlling fully automatic weapons. And then we'll narrow it down a little bit more with the Monte Carlo. Right. So, the flavor text of Monte Carlo is there will always be paths to tread and methods to try roll with it um the card actually reads the original originally designed as a showpiece the monte carlo's sleek demeanor and intricate firing system make it more than a fashion statement in the right hands this beauty puts all the risk at the wrong end of its bayonet (coughs) 
it also it also really looks like a cabal weapon. <laughs> it just I'm it looks like uh, like the design's okay, but it doesn't really feel like an exotic to me personally in game. Mm-hmm. If you like smoke bombs, yeah. it's awesome. Oh jeez, no! If yeah. you like smoke bombs, you just need to use those. Uh, was it the double Seal. space biscuit arms? Sorry, <laughs> 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 I don't think. I'm pretty that, sure that's what they're I'm, called. I'm pretty sure they're called steel ahamkar spine, but or uh, grasps. <laughs> yeah, double steel space ahamkar. biscuit grasps. Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> so yeah, um, Monte Carlo, just if you've never gotten in a game, it's, it's the exotic auto rifle that pretty much reduces your melee cooldown by doing damage. I don't think it's tied to kills. I think it's just doing damage. Is that correct? I thought Dude. it was kills. Yeah, you're talking to someone Yeah, I here. think it was kills. Nope. No, it's dealing damage with this weapon reduces your melee cooldown. I have, um, I have one exotic that I care about. And that's the Mida. No land beyond all day, baby. Come on now. <laughs> so, so um, that's what but, I always run trials. But so, in, Uni, you had you had already. I think you had already talked about this one. But the Monte Carlo simulation is the risk analysis for the probability distribution. I believe I believe Correct. you already touched on that. So, I mean, that's what I think. Correct. It's also yeah. the role with it is kind of a nod. I take that to, to gambling well right. to the monte carlo simulation yeah. so which if you really which i read a little bit about that whole simulation and mm-hmm. that's essentially what it is is it randomly picks numbers and okay what happens nope that's not what we're looking for let's just randomly pick some more numbers Nope. That you know. So so it's uh, it's the RNG that Bungie uses. Correct. <laughs> is what you I'm. You should just roll with it. Yeah. Fair correct. enough. Um, oh, we all know how great Bungie is with the RNG. I mean, and yeah. <laughs> Mine's on point. <laughs> uh, so, do we want to get the city art, the city age card, real quick? Yeah, you want to grab that, Justin? Yeah, I've got it. Um, the city age. When did the city age begin? Perhaps when the bulk of the world survivors lived beneath the traveler rather than in the wilderness, or when the titans raised the first wall, or at six fronts when the city first faced coordinated overwhelming attack and repelled it decisively. The city did not rise without struggle. Warlords and wilderness fiefdoms clung to power and starvation. Disease and anarchy menaced, but the guardians held the frontier, and the children of the golden age kept kept the fire burning through the long climb back. Legends walk through this history. The Iron Lords, St. Fourteen's Crusade Against the Fallen, The Mask of the Speaker, The Great Ahamkara Hunt, Tolan's Madness, The Terrible Faction Wars, and the horrifying, disastrous effort to retake the moon. As the city learned to walk again, it found a world overrun by alien menace. It faced disaster and defeat. Even in recent years, as the Guardians began to venture back to the moon and the inner planets, the city's territory has withdrawn. Outer sections abandoned and converted into fortifications in the wake of the Battle of Twilight Gap. But the city's shipwrights and foundries hum with energy. The probability kilns and work cooperatives produce new wonders. 
The darkness is rising again, but so is the light. You know what gets me mad about that card? What's that? We know at least something about every subject they mention in that history, except for the speaker's mask. Only thing we know about that is that he wears it. I want to know that story. So that does kind of maybe why they mention it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the. I well, mean, it, you know, because we know the warlocks. Sorry, Justin. No, we know the warlocks wear hoods because they they believe in the importance of what is spoken, not who is speaking, and that could be a translation also into the donning of the mask of the speaker. It's more important about what is being told rather than who is being. Who is the speaker? Literally, or maybe not. he's no Chris, and he doesn't want to see. Don't that get me really started on that theory. Oh, Don't get me started <laughs> so, on that. So that was kind of a long walk to get to probability kiln. I was starting to suspect that I had gotten the wrong card, but yeah, um, just it's just kind of this this nod to the fact that there's this this mysterious, unfathomable um, technology at the heart of the city's foundries. Um, Churning out weapons like the Icebreaker and Suros Regime and other things that kind of defy our our definitions of physics. Um, right. All well, one of the one of the cat and jelly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, w- one of the neat things that we talked about um, was I got a little overly obsessed with the logo. That's on the side of it. No, and, no, you uh, didn't. No, I know <laughs> that never happens. What's with this? Anyway, Rhino six 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 actually went way out of his way, and I guess he got a little obsessed too, and um, actually used a sniper rifle and um, went in and got a really good up close shot of it, and we couldn't determine if it was a sword and wings or if it was a sword and a lotus flower. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a lot of different ways you could go with it. But the one thing that we all kind of came back to um, was the slight possibility of how it could be tied to the group that is no longer mentioned in game, the Seven Seraphs. Mm -hmm. Because we know that the Seven Seraphs were in charge of, they at least had dealings with the War Mines. And we know from the Earth Walk walkthrough or whatever that they did, um, that um, they were in charge of the actual placement of the War Mines in in the different areas. So if if these guys had ties to the war mines, wouldn't you think that they would be tied also to these massive supercomputers that they call probability kilns? And that that's me. That's not Rhino or anyone else. That's just me kind of sitting there going, hey, you know, that kind of makes sense. So anyway. Uh, Josh just show, throwing. Yeah, I mean yeah. – the uh, the connection to the Seraph, I think, was stemming from the Lotus Blossom, which looks very similar to right. it's it's 
if anyone's out there who has looked at this, it's a very, very poor, poorly resolved image. Like we can't actually get a clear image of it so far. Um, right. Which is where some of the confusion comes from. There's, there was a thought that it could be an emblem, um, but we couldn't find an emblem that matched up with it. There were a couple that came kind of close and I can't remember which one it was necessarily, but um, there was like one that was sort of close, but not not really like it's a very unique logo um and normally you'll notice you will you'll notice if you play destiny enough that most of the weapons carry a logo of some kind whether that be the more popular you know suros um we have a few of the lesser known ones like nadir amalan is really popular um I, nadir is the other one that it really or hawk hockey is the other one that comes to Hake. mind i haven't yeah i don't know if the other we'll get into the foundries a little bit later but most most weapons and am you know armor just in general the the foundries are very very i guess territorial about marking their stuff because it's you know it's advertising for them so that's why where we we kind of focus on those logos um do you and now i know i don't want to cut the conversation off but i do know there is a couple other auto rifles we wanted to mention real quick um, yeah, hard light. Hard light. Hard light's the fun one. The pinball gun. Steve, uh, Willie, you want to grab that one? Yeah, I'll grab that. Hard light. Ionized polymer. Symbolistic attack platform. The system's lethality is dynamically robust across tactical spaces. As the city's understanding of the Golden Age methods expands, boundaries continue to push a cutting edge of tactical armament. The hard light prototype is a showcase. Built with the rarest recovered materials and the most computationality demanding design methods. The design team included several specialist exos and at least one warlock phantonaut. In its current iteration, the hardlight designs fires a superheated polymer round with exotic capabilities. Which, of course, we all know that the um, the exotic perk on it is it bounces around like blue so affectionately referred to as ping pong balls it's it's a pinball gun that's what that thing is if you ever if you ever stick your head into a hallway and you see a like barrage of bright blue lights coming at your face that's what this is especially if they're bouncing off the wall and then hitting you it's really yeah, annoying. The, the, a really good map to use that on is the um the catch um mm-hmm. yeah the drifter yeah drifter, drifter. yeah yeah Plus, those, I mean, just hallways. watching those bodies float. Oh, so fun. I love that map. So, and I know, Uni, we, we kind of tossed around the potential connections to the GNT. And I know you you personally know a fair amount about the GNT. So you want to you wanna run through the GNT and tell us, kind of explain to us basically what that is? Yeah, I mean, essentially the GNT is a um it's actually a really cool organization. We don't know a lot about it, which kind of makes them cool. Um they are a collaborative group. Um really more a I kind of look at them as more of a uh, research unit, if you will. Um they make a lot of armor primarily, but um we know that 
um, Thantanauts and uh, Exos and Morlocks specifically uh, work for uh, uh, the GNT. They're all part of the collaborative. The reason it's called a collaborative is because the GNT works with other foundries to develop weapons. Um, one prime example of that is a slightly unknown rocket launcher that probably in year one everyone has dismantled a thousand of called the uh, Harbinger, oddly enough. And um, their apprentices actually rebuilt barren rocket launchers into these harbingers and um i think that's just a cool throw that bungie does where this was a year one weapon and it was called a harbinger and at that time we had no idea what a harbinger was but anyway but yeah that's that's kind of the 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 gnt in a nutshell oh now when when did that they come out like when because we knew about the harbingers when um House of Wolves came out. Harbinger was uh, for the vanilla rocket launcher. Yeah, this was the vanilla one. Mm-hmm. Way back in vanilla. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but it, it, they it could just be Harbinger, the, the, no, the that word. foreshadowing. Right. <clears throat> well, and, and ironically, kind of ironically, that is what the word means. <laughs> it's a person it's a, or thing that yeah. announces or signals the approach of another. Yeah. So, yeah. Like a herald. Yeah. That's so, yeah, what the, they're doing. They know what they're doing. There's, with it. Yeah, there, there, there's another year one uh, or vanilla weapon too that we'll we'll get to eventually. I will mention it at some point. Um, it's the uh, one, two, three syzygy. Oh yeah, the, yeah. No, the syzygy, the zigzag, the zigzag. Yeah, zigzag. That's it. I'm sorry. Well, but the GNT. It's supposed to be syzygy. Yeah, it's zigzagging. That's what it is. No, <laughs> but did you? And the other, the other cool thing about the GNT is the majority of their stuff is armor. It's not, it's not Correct. weapons, and that's what I always. And it's mostly I've always paid attention to the head, the helmets. That's a cool one. Um, well, all of them are like the Sanction Custom is the one that I like a lot. But the yeah. like the yeah. the Cali, I think it's all Cali is all the heads, right? Or is yeah. the instant? No, instant. It's yeah. Thanu and uh, Durga. Those are helmets too, yeah. aren't they? Mm-hmm. But Correct. think about it though: if you were a a data collecting uh, cooperative, oh, yeah. you would yeah. use armor. Yeah. I mean, you would have them wear suits with special nodes to, like, actually the sanction custom says that nerve telemetry goes to a GNT mm-hmm. study group working to understand the neural co- correlates of triumph. Right, which which points to the intellect of a hunter, whereas the Durga points to the Titan mindset. I am a Durga skull bucket. Please buckle your bucket your skull before entering combat. <laughs> yeah. It does not say that. It does. The Durga <laughs> GNT type zero. It totally says that. That's one of my, that's one of my new, favorite flavors. New things. favorite. New <laughs> Please favorite. bucket your skull. Oh man. <laughs> so yeah. 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 Now one, one thing uh, before we move very far well, nah. I'll, I'll, let's wait till we get to the foundries because that's more okay. Of a, yeah, you want to swing back and talk about okay. the, the ammo. So, yeah, are there any other 
um, assault rifles other than just like for nostalgic purposes that we want to touch on? Um, there, I know we talked a little bit about we'll, the supercell. We, 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 Do we want to yeah, talk about we, supercell? We, we can, yeah, we can circle back because okay. the discussion was never about the tank. So, okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll just leave that. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that takes because us. that's what it, if you if you didn't know that's what it's. Okay. Yeah, we'll we can circle back for the supercell if we have we have a little bit. So that brings us to the second type of, and these are all going to be in alphabetical order. So this is not prioritized by favorites. So that brings us to the second variation of primary weapons, which is hand cannons. And who wants to grab that one? Why doesn't uh, Josh grab it? Sure. Why not? Uh, so hand cannons, sturdy and reliable. Hand cannons have long been a preferred tool for self-defense. Their low rate of fire and modest accuracy is more than made up for by their ease of handling and superior stopping power. And they are personally my favorite type of gun. Oh, nice. Were you a hand cannon user back before it was it became fashionable? I I was a hand cannon user back when Thorn was one of the most underrated uh, exotics in the game. Oh wow! When was Thorn it, oh, underrated? In, uh, right when it came out. Uh, right when it came it, out. Yeah. I I got my Thorn back in October of that first year, 2014, um, and I don't think it was a. It was probably until December that it had that first big patch where Thorn got buffed, but. Uh, it was one of those guns that I saw in concept art, and I thought it looked great. And uh, it's been my favorite weapon since, despite the fact that I haven't used it since Taken King. And and what made it even better is, as a hunter, it was the most annoying thing to get. Because oh, of yeah. that stupid Crucible portion yeah. of the quest. 77 Wizard was how I got it. Yeah. Oh, mine, I did it with a, with a Fusion, too. No, <laughs> yep, mine, too. mine was uh, two to the morgue. I got a two to the morgue with auto, like full auto fire <laughs> control. Just sit on the point and wait for people. <laughs> it's like, hi. Yep. Yesterday I was actually running around in elimination. I was wearing a Rahul mask using thorn, <laughs> prayed its revenge. And, uh, the, um, bread, not bread of March, the one before bread of March, Joelder's hammer. Joelder's hammer, yeah. Oh, oh. So I, I had a light level of like 180, but I, I was. It, Thorn's not bad in normal crucible without mm. light, level, light levels counting right now. <laughs> and the big one that we talked about in chat was actually not Thorn, it was the first curse. So, I still um, don't have that. Yeah, I don't have that one either. Um, that were, yeah. yeah, I've got it, though. Okay, perfect. Uh, or did you mean you don't have it in-game? No, I, I don't have it in-game. Continue! Stop <laughs> Stop pointing stop. out my in my uh, lackings in-game. Um, I don't have it either, Blue. Don't okay, we're, All right. we the outnumber the people who do. is when death becomes an afterthought. Mm-hmm. People always forget about the other one, the first one. They remember its twin, the last word. Because that's an easier story to tell. But it's not the whole story. Truth is, there were two of them. Back then in the lawless days before the city was anything more than a rumor. There are thousands of tales of the fate of the first curse. Which one can you tell? 
and the card for it makes it look exactly like the last word. Yeah, and I mean, few less hash marks. I was so mad when I read the grimoire for that gun because I could have sworn it was going to be like a corrupted version of the first word, and because I expected like a total Anakin storyline for uh, for Shin as we went down the road. And when I read that, I was like, well, that's not what I wanted at all. I was completely wrong. So, there. I shared how wrong I was about the first curse. Well, you never, you never really know. I mean, as the Grimoire card says, there's hundreds and you know thousands yeah. of tales. Um, it, it was when it was data mined out. I was like, first curse, there it is. There's the Anakin storyline. And it's like, oh, no, it's just the one that was made that they're, they're pretty much the first, the last words ugly stepsister I guess you know I think it's a beautiful gun even though the grimoire does not really give it justice mm-hmm. from what I understand with the recent hand cannon buff it's pretty good right now too yeah I haven't tried mine yeah. since uh, I got it up to 320 and I put it down because uh, I think one day I ended up in crucible and I got this Is Luna rule with reactive reload and feeding frenzy or something like that, or reactive reload now wall, and so I was like, this is just amazing. Um, But yeah, first curse, it looks like it's gotten better. I hope to try it out soon. The thing about the first curse is that it's the exact opposite of the last word. It's a very slow firing hard-hitting, long-range hand cannon. Um, As a matter of fact, Willie, whenever we were running a couple of trials cards with uh, uh, Redneck the other night, I was was using it. And... um, Uni, what gun was I using? Yeah, no Lambion, try hard. (laughs) Damn right. Um, (laughs) But no, what I I wanted to point out, and this was the thing that really got us in chat, me and Rhino both and uh, uh, Taylor B were just, we were like, oh my God, this is so cool. The hand cannons, if you really look at the model of the hand cannons in game, they look really weird because if you look at the hammer design, and you look at where the bullet actually comes out, it comes out at the bottom. It doesn't come out at the top like a normal pistol, per se. This is an actual design. There are real revolvers that are designed like this. Mm -hmm. And um, their design came up in, um, I think it was around 1970, and Rhino's probably going to kill me because I've lost the link. But I had this whole article on the guy that designed it and all this kind of stuff. But uh, in, in, in chat, I posted a, uh, a link to a what, what I refer to as a real-world last word that you can buy for $1,000. Um, but, yeah, w- we thought it was really cool that, you know, we were looking at the design of the hand cannons. And it just come up that, you know, man, there's just a lot about these things that don't look right. The way they reload, their the old, the whole reload animation. There's not a gun in the world that does that. Come to find out, there really is, and uh, they're very popular. Very popular. I'm still trying to figure out <clears throat> if that's tied into anything. What the, the first would. curse? 
I'm sure it is. I mean, like everyone, everyone that I've kind of chatted about with it obviously makes the connection to Cain and Abel because they talk about twins and you know the siblings. But it's interesting because, like, if you're going to tie it into the biblical sense, that's actually not the first curse. Um, the first curse in the Bible is to Satan as the serpent in the Garden of Eden. And so it's odd because if it's going to be an allusion to the Cain and Abel story because the siblings and all that, um, which it actually seems to be an allusion to because that whole they always forget about the other one, the first one. Um, it's odd that they would call it the first curse because that's not actually accurate. Um, but it also seems like that another nod to it is when death becomes an afterthought. Because the curse of Cain was that he should wander the earth and no one should do him harm. And anyone who would do him harm would be his curse would pass on to them. Which is where you have the, the mythos of the mark of Cain and stuff like that. But I don't know. That's, that's, that's what always comes to mind. But then I always go back and I'm like, but it's not the actual first curse. So it's always been one of those things. Whenever people talk about the first curse, I don't talk a lot because that's what I'm trying to process in my head. So I'm like, it doesn't make sense. So, yes. Well, I mean, that the card kind of, it, it tells you, of course, that it's the last words twin. So obviously they were born together and it doesn't tell you a lot more about it other than that. Um, other than there have been plenty of different kinds of stories told about it, and then it asks which kind you're going to tell. So, you know, it, it seems like people have either had really good luck with this weapon, really bad luck with this weapon, and mm-hmm. you're going to find out what kind of story you're going to tell when you use it. It's kind of what I get from the card. Yeah, no, and I mean, yeah. I which, would agree I mean, with that, yes. Once again, you know, there's not a lot of information there, so we'll find out, I'm sure, as the game progresses, but yeah. Well, and we know that we know that the last word was the majestic weapon. And so you know, it's it was Ward's I used weapon. To love it. And it was it's referred to as the sword. Um but we don't know if that was just you know, your talking. But they referred to the prize. What's up? He referred to it as a prize. Well, no, he prize. said he said give give the boy his master sword when he when he after he had, yeah, and so like I know and like there's there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of connections you can make there too, but you know you also could just be like oh he was just talking about the weapon and so yeah it's an it's an interesting it's tie in with the last word I'm going to be very interested in seeing develop because this this connects it to that story which is you know one of the most hotly debated topics in destiny lore as we all know so (laughs) before we go before we slide down that that dark slope let's move on did you did you guys have anything else about first curse that you wanted to um well i I did want to say that I think one of the most interesting things about the first curse is that, uh, and I guess this is just a part of destiny. We don't really know when it came to play. Um, we can gauge where the last word was active during what time period because of, uh, one of the dark age cards where 
Jaren is uh, taking care of. I forget who he is. Magistrate something. <laughs> he was a magistrate a, Logan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was yes. a something. Um, but I kind of when I think about the first curse, I kind of think of the uh, the Crimson Days card, where at the end mm-hmm. of the Crimson Days card, you have you know the two people listening to the story and recalling. Uh, similar events being told in a different way. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it was, uh, when I, I'd commit, this is one of the few flavor texts that I commit to memory. Um, and so when I read the second Rezo Azir card, uh, he has one line where he's looking at a, uh, I think he's looking at the Kel or one of the captains. Uh, and he just says the captain was already an afterthought and yeah. he continues. Yeah. And it was, it's one of those little lines that could mean nothing at all. Or it could, you know, because a lot of people like to say Reza Wazir wielded all these different weapons. Uh, so if we don't know at what point the first curse came into being, uh, who's to say that it was not one of his weapons? Well, and we know that in War Without End, he uses a hand cannon deliberately to kill the Kel. Yeah. You know, and sure, again, he's using a whole bunch of different weapons. Yeah. He might have He somehow switches weapons, primary weapons, which I still he's using Destiny Item Manager. But um Well that's what the ghost is for. The ghost seems to be really quick on those, you know, revives. It's it's not locating uh a respawn point. Yeah. yeah. That's so that's the thing that always bugs me is how does he get respawned right there? Because I mean, he's he's a named would, NPC, oh. thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so that that wraps up hand cannons, right? You guys, you guys, good to move to the next next type of primary? Yes. Which is pulse rifles. Now, pulse rifles is the card is pretty basic on this one. It says the pulse rifle is designed for precision fire and tight shot grouping. Three round bursts provide an added punch with reduced recoil compared to fully automatic weapons. Skilled shooters often walk the burst from the target's center of mass into the head. And I don't think we really. I don't. I mean, we hit a little bit on pulse rifles in chat, but nothing really stood out significantly that I remember. Do you guys? No. Other than being my no. favorite weapon. Well, I mean, other yeah. than other than that. Well, somebody has something yeah. down here of the evolution of the Red Death. Right, right, and I know we're gonna. Oh yeah, 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 we're we're definitely gonna get into that. But right, real cool. quick, you want to run through the because it looks like we got we can run through the rest of the weapon uh, archetypes just real fast and then yeah. dive into the meat of it. That being said, the remaining primary is the scout rifle, which is actually my favorite. Justin, you want to grab that one? Yeah, yeah. Scout rifle is the preferred weapon of a seasoned marksman. The scout rifle is a single-shot precision firearm favoring accuracy above all else. The scout rifle packs increased stopping power to counter its low rate of fire. Yeah, pretty much says it all right there. Other than touch of mouse, it fires like a really slow-firing auto rifle. And Mida, which just is 
It's a stapler. Just move on. It's it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that that brings that brings the primary weapons, which are you know obviously our our top in the category of our weapons here. That's the 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 multi-purpose weapons. So then we come to our special weapons, or what as we call secondary weapons, and. We're going to, again, go through these alphabetically real quick. The first one is the fusion rifles. And I think, Josh, you want to grab that real fast for us? Yep, I got it. All right. Advancements in directed energy disbursement. Uh, Excuse me. Gain to the discovery of Golden Age research led to the creation of stable, field-ready, energy-based weaponry. The first implementations of this technology come in the form of the fusion rifle. Users must hold the trigger down for a few moments to charge the weapon before firing. And these are some of the coolest weapons in Destiny, I would say. Yeah, they're definitely the most unique. Yeah, they, they, uh, they have a wide range of uses from the Queenbreaker's bow to the Vex Mythoclast. And the uh, yeah. the kamikaze weapon, the Telesto. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that okay. So that's that's basically fusion rifles. Again, we didn't really have anything that stood out super like just by itself. We'll get into a little bit, I think, of them down below, and or as we get through later in the notes. Um, but that brings us to the next special weapon or secondary weapon, which are the shotguns. And I think I'm gonna let Uni. You want to take the shotguns? Sure. There are a few weapons that offer the comfort of a shotgun. Um, Built for close quarters combat, they provide immediate violent conflict resolution. (laughs) It just reminds me of the Ikora quote. They made a reach for my ghost. I reach for my shotgun. Or it was whatever. a short conversation. Yeah. It, was it was a, a short, short conversation. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that is exactly what that reminds me of. And so, again, you know, we're going to, we'll probably get into a few of them later. We've talked about shotguns quite a bit in other episodes. And then, but that brings us to an actual newer introduction to the secondary weapons, which is the, the sidearms. And, what there is actually one sidearm that probably many people recognize because it's kind of an oddly universally hated one. But the side so the sidearms general card says the sidearms class is made up of lightweight pistols designed for ease of handling and quick firing. Its antiquated triggering system and engineering make it rare within city limits. As it's long been a staple of the Awoken Royal Guard, perhaps this newly forged alliance between the Reef and the City will see the sidearm become commonplace within Guardian arsenals. And now the the, the one that kind of stood out in chat was the one that I was just mentioning is the Dreg's Promise. So, and I think, Uni, you want to touch on that one just a bit? Because this is, this is an exotic sidearm. Is it? Yes. Spiky potato. <laughs> it seems like a ripoff. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's an exotic. I don't no, actually I'm, have I'm, it. I'm messing so. with you. Okay, it's, I'm, it's like, I'm like, it's got a... Um, this but is one of the just, ones that I never 
took the time to chase after hearing the horror stories of it. (laughs) Yeah, just for quick though, uh, for sidearms, there are only two grimoire, uh, two weapon grimoires Mm -hmm. for sidearms, and the Vestian Dynasty (laughs) is, if I recall, the only weapon that has a grimoire card that is not an exotic. Um, and wow. that was that was the weapon that was given to us. Oh, that's uh, right, that's right. In yeah. House of Wolves, it yeah. was the first sidearm, and it was the only sidearm uh, aside from Drake's Promise up until Taken King. And it yeah. wasn't that bad, as opposed to Drake's Promise back in the day. Yeah. Now a- another interesting thing about uh, sidearms too is that uh, Vestian Dynasty and Iron Wreath D are the only two not made by Hake. Well, and Drake's promise because I really don't think Hockey would have rummaged that together. Uh, wait, you said that they were the only ones that are not crafted by Hockey. Correct. Uh, and I think I'm, there's one more, the Crow's Eye, which is the Challenge of, El- uh, Challenge of Elders one. Oh, okay. Which actually just dropped for me today. Oh, sweet. Well, hey, that's what we're here for. Learn. All right, uh, Dreg's promise. You want me to uh, read the card? Yeah, let's let's read it okay. real quick. Okay. Um, Flavor text says, "I I am a marvel with ten thousand arms." Right now, I feel like I have ten thousand tongues. But anyway, um, <laughs> there is a story, oldest time, of he who could catch the stars, unnamed and ethereal. The star catcher would lead the fallen, rising from the lowest station to the highest exalted peaks. It is a fairy tale allowed to persist by the forearmed to keep the docked hopeful, placid. Even the, even the low may one day as- ascend. Myth, fairy tale, or prophecy of what will be. It's best not to take chances. After all, one can't reach across the black to claim domain over 10,000 stars with 10,000 arms if they die here and now here and now with only two I'm sorry I completely screwed that up you're good it's yeah I actually had to read that one a couple times before I got the the 10,000 arms thing I was like oh it pretty much saying you know you can't have 10,000 arms and get all the stars if you die while you only have two arms yeah, um, it's it's kind of the the rags to riches um, drag dream, if you will. It's it's what every drag wants to aspire to. Well, this is also like what Ferris talks about, and uh, and Skolas too. When they say the power, the strength of a drag, uh, mm-hmm. and I think uh, I think the line is repeated in one of in yes. Fallen. Two, yep. Where Ghost we have fragment the fallen too. The, um, the random, the one the Justin drag inventory. Yeah, the one Justin that you created the snicker bar meme for. Yeah, it's a here always. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I want to know what it is, but so yeah that's actually uh that's what hurt chain was just saying in the chat is it's at the very end he says i know what no one else knows and now i am a marvel with ten thousand arms 
Fun fun yeah. fact, if you search 10,000, like the two words in Ishtar, you're, there's actually a couple Grimoire cards that actually have 10,000 within it. It's kind of interesting, just as a side note. So, yes. After, so the, having, after the dreg potato. Yes, now we have the, the special weapon I'll actually use. Um, the sniper rifle. Not that I'm going to go with it. The dangers present beyond the city's walls cannot always be met head-on. The accuracy and power of the sniper rifle offers the best option for precise ranged attacks. Caliber and make differ, but a good sniper can always remove key threats. And I am not a a big fan of the sniper rifle style that happened right when house of wolves dropped where they all stopped looking like rifles and started looking like, I don't know what, um, I'm much, I'm much more, uh, I like the aesthetics of the ones that look like the, you know, like the vanilla sniper rifles, like the, uh, the trials weapon back then. I forget what it's called. It was really good too. It was really good. The eye of soul. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, the the extra solar was the dead orbit one, if I recall. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Just they all looked the same, and uh, yeah, well, they did look weird. They looked like uh, like popsicle sticks. Yeah, like the Taoho Yun or whatever you call it. Yeah, which I just call a number three with noodles. Um, so you you like the design more of. Would you say Everdeep uh, Spear or yes. Pray to This Revenge? Yes, mm. Pray to This Revenge is my favorite. Her Supremacy? Design. Patience and Time. Her Supremacy, look at that. That's an old Oh my god, I love that. I still have that sniper rifle. I, love I, still, have, I still have my Everdeep Spear that people raged over. Nice. But <laughs> yeah. there was one there was one in particular that we talked about in chat, I believe, and that is what I call the jazz hand rifle. What? The hereafter the dazzle. It's got the dazzle effect. It's like and I just like I every time I kill someone with it, it's like jazz hands. <clears throat> so actually I also call it the bedazzle. So you know the- whatever. The Luke call, Skywalker. The Luke Skywalker. Don't don't let me crouch or I can't see. <laughs> so there's <laughs> actually, you know what? You wanna you wanna see what the Monte Carlo design is? Just crouch while you're using the hereafter. <laughs> yeah, with the Hawkeye. <laughs> oh, oh man! So the hereafter. I'll grab that one real quick. And the flavor text is actually, it's a fun one. It says, huddled at the mountain's base, we had no choice but to beat our plowshares into swords once more. Once, we had peace. This isn't a story about peace. Then there was darkness, destruction, despair. This isn't a story about those things either. This story comes much later. It's a story about what was here, after, and what came next. Um... I love the card because it's such a blatant nod to the whole concept of swords to plowshares and plowshares to swords, which is a very 
symbolic thing that's you know it's a lot of people attribute that to the the biblical sense which it was the book of isaiah and then later i think it was actually reversed in the book of joel um where they said beat your plowshares into swords and so there there's there that but plowshare is often like the plowshare itself is often used to symbolize the creative tools that benefit humankind whereas the sword is the destructive tool of war. And so when you have a symbolic crafting of a sword into a plowshare or a plowshare into a sword, that also marks the the conversion of a civilization from peaceful civilian applications of things to a military or vice versa. And so that's that's the when they say that they beat the plowshares into swords again, that's them basically saying well, we used to be a peaceful culture, and now we don't have the luxury of that anymore. So that's why I love I love the flavor text of the hereafter. Yeah, yeah. It's I've I've always if if destiny was to ever become a movie or series or anything like that, that is one story that I want to be told. Yeah, what happened I next? Wanna, yeah, I, well, I want to know about these people that were huddled up in the mountain that literally had nothing. And all they had was what, you know, what they had. They didn't have any armaments or that that's what I picture when I read this flavor text is a group of people that, you know, didn't have weapons. They didn't have ways to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. They didn't need them. And all of a sudden, crap hit the fan, and they were forced to use what was in front of them, and this is what came from that. Um, you know, this this weapon, and that it, that could be completely wrong, but that's what I always picture. That's what I envision is is these people coming together, and they they make their own armaments, and they make their own weapons, and 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 things like that. And I. I I just think it's a cool story either way. So it sounds like a group of uh, of hunters are out there mm-hmm. gathering refugees, or it sounds like the uh, the proto Iron Lords up there on a fell on a mountain, <laughs> or the people who are below the mountain. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, there's so many different ways that this this particular flavor text could branch into the the fragments of stories that we already have or it could just you know go off on a completely different tangent you know there's i don't know there's just so many so much it's such a rich symbolic com concept that entire thing so as soon as i got the hereafter and i read that i was like oh this is like even if this gun is terrible i love yeah. it yeah, which is not terrible. It's really fun. Yeah, but No Land Beyond is fun. No Land Beyond is also fun. What's really fun is No Land Beyond with a loot and shoot scout rifle. You can just perch up on a mountain and go on a safari. You don't have to ever leave. It's what <laughs> I do all the time. So, anyways, we're gonna move so that's that's all the special weapons so we have fusion rifles shotguns sidearms and sniper rifles next comes the heavy weapons 
and we're going to start off with the machine guns. The machine gun is an unapologetic weapon of war. Its ability to carry and process large quantities of high-caliber ammunition allows for sustained, focused attacks, making them ideal for the suppression and or annihilation of hostile forces. So pretty much it shoots big bullets and uh, tears holes and things. Is overall pretty pretty fun to use. Um, or at least it was fun to use when Jolder's Hammer was out. Yeah, I do believe it's pronounced Yodlers. I believe yodlers. it's Yodlers. <laughs> I think it's, yodlers. A, it's the yodlers, yodlers Hammer. Hammer. And you must yodel while you use it. I don't use it now. I think the highest you can get it to is like a 170. I mean, I used it, but that was just a, me trolling through elimination matches. I still got my I still got my deviant gravity A. I'll, oh. I'll run in any day of the week. Yep. I still have my year one shadow price because I haven't gotten a year two shadow price yet. I also oh, have a good year. one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get one either. Um, I'm waiting. I want one to drop so bad. I missed my shadow price. Like that—that that was one of the first weapons that drug me into the lore because you know it was left behind by Tolan. So that made me wonder, oh, who is this Tolan the Shattered? Fun fact of the machine guns, there's one that's called Against All Odds, and the flavor text is in homage to Star Wars. The flavor text is 3,721 to 1. (laughs) Never tell me the odds. (laughs) Um... So moving on from uh, machine guns, uh, we have our other type of heavy re- weapon, probably the one everyone used in year one, um, rocket launchers. There was rocket. another heavy weapon? <laughs> yeah, th- that, that was it, right? That was it. You wanted to use Thunderlord. You wanted to, but you Actually, had to use a rocket launcher. <laughs> I used Dragon's Breath a lot in Crota, and it got me kicked off of teams a lot of the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're going to run sword. I can't. Okay, bye. Uh, a lot of people didn't understand that it didn't matter if my solar grenade stayed there. Everybody else was going to knock his shield down. But they all seemed to have a problem with the fact that Crota would just move two inches and everybody else's Gallarhorn would still hit. I I can't. There's there's some real Gallarhorn, uh, some, some Gallarhorn bigotry going on. <laughs> so the rocket launchers have a limited devastating payload that provides an excellent countermeasure to the heavily armored ground forces and combat vehicles. There's no better battlefield equalizer. Skilled users often aim for the ground beneath, beneath nimble targets. And I have never been so happy, never been so happy about something <coughs> when they shifted the PVE meta from the rocket-driven you know, rockets are the end all to take a boss down to the kind of sniper um, meta that we're in now with our raid bosses because there was nothing, there was nothing more boring for me than sitting in the crystal room while everyone fired their guns idiotically into the walls and ceiling, trying to heavy ammo glitch or waiting for sense to cool down. It's just so much more, so much more better now. But I do like rocket launches. That's what's up. that's what I run in the crucible. Well, Gallahorn is coming back, so 
I mean, Salahorn and the puppy pack rounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't wait, man. I mean, I know it's going to be a weapon available for everybody, so um, it's not going to be what it once was. I'm probably still going to use it all the time just because it's Gallerhorn. Or as some people will say, Yallerhorn. Tomato, tomato. And we did get a new type of heavy weapon um, with the drop of TTK, which was the sword. Which are Uh, awesome. (laughs) And I do believe Josh was going to grab the uh, sword grimoire. Yep, and the flavor text for the Sword Grimoire is There is no grace in their making, but we can change that. Lord Shax. History might come to call it the Great Hive War, but others are remembered as the day the swords came to the city. Luckily, Lord Shax's skills and research in all matters of swordplay will help ease this new age of weaponry into the Guardian fold. And it is also the only... Heavy weapon I don't have an exotic for, so I have to do that for moments of triumph. Oh yeah, you gotta get on that. It's it's just <laughs> it's too much to farm. I can't oh, I don't wanna farm spin metal. Spin metal? It's not that bad. That's not bad. Get a hunter with key. I mean It it is kind of a beating mm-hmm. that it's not one to one though. You you get like one out of every five or yeah, no, it's three. one out of every ten. Oh, is ten? It? I think oh. one out of every ten. Yeah, forget that noise. I'm glad I already got mine. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a completionist. I need to finish my Grimwalker. <laughs> There's only one RNG exotic that I don't have, and that's Zen Meteor. All the other ones are quest based. Oh, oh man. Wow. So yeah, do we want to do any of the sword uh, grimoires, the specific ones? Uh, We've read Ray's letter like fifteen times. It feels uh, like Dark Dark Drinker is kind of cool. You want to grab Dark Drinker? Yeah, I'll, I'll grab it. It's it's Oryx specific. Um, draw close now, closer. Yes, let me tell you why you should not fear World Baker, the Sword of Oryx. Firstly, its blade is not dulled by age. Each death it trades for life hones its edge gives it weight and gravitas and insistence within the vortex of its own totality. Best word ever. Nextly, (laughs) Willbreaker transcends liminality. So now we know why he wanted to read this. (laughs) Willbreaker demands a subjugation more diffuse than the simple nick and smash of the physical brink. It does not have to touch you to wound you. And lastly... And this is critical. To be taken in Willbreaker's grasp is to know true bliss. That is, to be simplified. That is, to be reduced to one's most basic level. Shedding all higher order thoughts of fear or duty or selfishness. That is, to feel only pain. Now do you see? Now do you understand what you've done? And that's Tolan speaking, and he's always real chipper. (laughs) <laughs> nextly <laughs> nextly is that's awesome totally using that for a segue into the, the next <laughs> section nextly we're going to talk about the foundries no yeah that, I, <laughs> I think the swords are a really cool 
edition. And I think that the community displayed that when we all saw them. Oh, and you know, it's going to be a good addition that flipping battle axe. Yeah, that <laughs> will be the, well, and that's like the scorch cannon. It, it was yeah. a, it's a, it's going to yeah, be a, but, it'll but be a fun it's a one. Flaming battle axe, right? Scorch cannon. So. I know we can serve pizza with it. Oh, the spatula, but <laughs> it's, a, it's pretty much its own whipping <laughs> brick oven. I did actually like how they did swords when they brought them into the lore because they weren't just like, hey, we need to add this because we needed a new toy for everyone to play with and just kind of put a very limited thing. They actually did weave them in pretty well to the actual yeah. grimoire in the story. I think, and yeah, I would agree. The you, mechanics of the raid. Get the crystal from Willbreaker or mm-hmm. right. sword and you, you forge your own sword. It's it's pretty cool. And but we also – go for it, go for it. I was just pointing out that uh, with the new expansion, you have two different Galahorns. You have right. the standard Galahorn, and then you have the one that's back in black, which you get with the pre-order, the, the Iron Galahorn. And I wouldn't be surprised if that quest line is different, and you actually gather the armor of the actual Iron Lords to forge that one. That so would be that- amazing. Yeah, that would be amazing. Throwing that out there is pretty- uh, Just to drop a theory over here with swords, um, anybody else want a, a rapier from the Falling? I think that would be really cool. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, as it is, we have the the legendary versions and the exotics. Uh, and there, there are those unique swords for the the refer friend quest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it would be pretty awesome if we start getting, uh, not that every race has weapons or have swords rather. Um, but if we start getting these, these fallen items, I think that'd be just fantastic. Yeah. Well, the fallen have their, uh, shock blades, I believe they're called. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be great. I mean, if we can get a dread fang, which just seemed completely out of left field. And it was awesome. I see no reason why we can't get a shock blade. Especially since we already mm-hmm. have all the other fallen weapons. Right, yeah. I mean, we have the Queen Breaker's bow. We have the Dreg's prime. Yeah, no. That would be... I, w- I will never go into PvP again. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine? Okay, okay. Let's, let, let me set the stage. Let me set the stage. You're on Memento, which is already weird. And you turn the corner. You're fixing to run up the stairs to B. You hear a weird sound. And the first <laughs> thing that comes to mind is, wait a minute, is that a storm caller? <laughs> nah. And then you come up top and you're like, wait a minute. Why doesn't this dude have a holy shit? <laughs> no, but see, you have, to, you have to really like bring it into the fold. You have to be like, you need to be wearing that skullless mask from uh, <laughs> <laughs> from the Halloween event. Or if they make, like, a new captain mask, and then you're just running around as uh, an the invisible murder, murder blade captains. dancer. The no, yeah, no, yes. An invisible blade dancer with blink, and you just run up to someone, blink into their face with shock blade, and then just have them wondering if there's a captain in this, this is why we don't. This is why we don't let Demigod design games. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys want so me. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like one time I kept running into a guy in a Crucible match, and he was wearing the Atheon mask. And the Atheon mask had the big spikes that stuck up. And then you couldn't tell the difference between his mask and a sword in front of his face. And you'd run up, and you'd be like, oh, it's just an idiot in an Atheon mask. I'm going to say, nope, 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 that's a sword. So, yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. Uh we were were we gonna move on to foundries? Yeah, let's move on to foundries real quick. <coughs> so the foundries have always been in in the uh, lore of the game, all the way back to vanilla. There's mentions of them, but they really kind of uh, upped a few of the foundries' significance um, when we when we started to get things like Arms Day, and when they really started to up the style differences in the different types of weapons that were created by the different types of foundries, you know, the difference between an Amalon, you know, you can immediately tell an Amalon weapon from a Hake. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and read just kind of the broad overview of, um, their purpose. Yeah. The foundry purpose real quick from Zavala. Um, the weapons used by our guardians come from the salvaged remains of our golden age and the new discoveries in advanced energy systems. After the collapse, gunsmiths who were the best at repurposing and repairing these artifacts quickly became crucial to any group's survival. But with large arsenals comes power, and threats to our common goals force the city to monitor the size of its weapon foundries. The foundries that survive today are the best of the best. Some are built on centuries-old traditions and tribal knowledge. Others grew with new discoveries and rediscoveries. And each one has proven vital to our survival. I think if I read that right, that actually came in a weekly update. Yep. And I think that was the weekly update that preceded the kind of the changes I was talking about in the Foundry's renewed importance. Yeah, and to um, uh, again going back to 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 supercell and hereafter, and I hereafter may or may not fit this, but in my mind it does, so it's there. Um, two prime examples of this repurposing of salvaged remains are those two weapons. Zalo was a um, a guardian. Literally finds this. AK-47 style old auto rifle uses his new abilities and makes Zalo Supercell. And, you know, he, he, he made it from just what he had. And as, as I kind of pointed out uh, earlier with Hereafter, kind of the same thing. Um, also, Banshee does a lot of altering himself. Um, you know, his as Blue has pointed out before, he's got his little 3D printer off to the side that's running. Yes, he does. Makes it's make it makes nothing. It's not printing. I've checked I, every day. No. What? No, no, I know. That's when I do the same thing. Oh, like, oh, are you printing okay, okay. anything? Come on, yep. you crazy exo! Print something. Hey, you know it's probably broken. Yeah, it's probably is. He just hasn't gotten he's around got to. He hasn't gotten around the to. Club. It's clogged up. <laughs> <laughs> it's forgotten. So do right. we want to and, just... Uh, and, and like... Oh, go ahead, Uni. 
No, I was just going to say, and like I had already mentioned before about the the GNT, how they altered, uh, you know, one rocket launcher and made a different rocket launcher. So, well, Zalo wasn't that also the nickname for a tank? Uh, there was actually a Russian tank. Right. That, yes, it was. It was named. I got the exact designation, but it was referred to as the Zalo. And, um, yeah, it, I mean, it's, you know, which is a cool tie, but, um, oh yeah, it's the BTR 70. Yeah. And it looked like, it looks like it was an amphibious vehicle. Yeah. This big six wheeled beast. That was, it's a very, very, my limited, yeah, (laughs) my limited understanding. It, 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 they only made a few. Okay, and um, when when tested, um, they they used them, but the the materials that they used to make them uh, were not the most rigid. And uh, by the time they actually tried to use them in battle per se, um, a simple sniper rifle could pierce their armor. So yeah, because yeah, it says kind of- oh sorry yeah it says the Zalo S was a tank hunter that was a prototype only. It was armed yeah. with a two A six two eighty five millimeter gun. So, yeah. yeah, and it's actually really the word "jalo" is really similar to a Russian word that means stinger. Correct. Yeah, but it's it's kind of hard because that's they have some letters in there we don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Fuck I just you. didn't know if I didn't know if we had made the connection already or. So, you want to talk about the known foundries real quick? Because I think we... Do you want to dive into them? I know we kind of mentioned them a little bit, but... Yeah, yeah. so like... Uh, yeah, uh, I can take hockey. Yep, go want. for it, go for it. I'll take okay. Amelon. I like Amelon. Okay. Um, yeah, there's some cool theories on Amelon. Mm-hmm. Um, the perk selection is focused on offensive actions and combat tactics. Uh, so perks like partial refund is a good example of this. Um, things that might not help you kill something fast, but will keep you in the fight. Uh, and, and, and the perk set around hockey weapons, that's, that's what they're all about is keeping you in the fight. Um, the guns per se, when you look at them from a, some reason a lot of people like to look at you know weapons and people with relationships <laughs> um a lot of people refer to the hockey weapons as being able to be separate from the guardian which is you know kind of what we mean by um what i just described um it's it's more of a ally in combat uh, almost as if it's a tool and not really anything else. And a lot of people refer to it as a very Western view of weapons in general. Amalon. Amalon is a foundry whose talent grid focuses on behavioral perks over stat customization. Um, a big example of that is the replenish perk as well as life support and exhumed. 
Um, basically, instead of greatly increasing stats of the weapon, the weapon works with the Guardian's abilities. Um, the other, other kind of cool thing about Amalon is their weapons actually follow a naming scheme where abysmal or chthonic art entity is followed by the initials of the weapon's class and a number. So you have like Archeron SR5. Amalon is also a pioneer of energy weapons. They emphasize good handling and then, like we already said, the behavioral perks over stat. So they are, I think they are known for their scout rifles, hand cannons, fusion rifles, and then the snipers, I think, are the only ones that we have so so far. The other, the other kind of cool thing about Amalon is they actually have liquid ammo displays and then power cells. So I think I th- want to say they're actually the only one that has that. I don't think yeah, any of the other yeah, ones have it. That's um, what I know. My hung, I know the hung jury. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. Yeah. The hung jury has the bubble. Uh, that's one of my, that's one of my favorite pieces about the hung jury. Um, but yeah, there, there's a couple, there's a couple comments about how they're experimental weapons bordering on irresponsible because they're powered by barely understood technology. But, um, yeah. Yeah, and then after that, I see we have Asteroid listed. Mm-hmm. Which, have we seen any weapons from these guys yet? I don't think we have. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, they did. Yeah, a um, couple. They, yeah, in fact, Blasto. All right, I'll just read it. If they deal with uh, special alloys. Uh, they primarily use it to forge the swords that we use in games, so they're the sword guys. They manufacture the firearms. The exotic examples, like I said earlier, are Invective and Telesto, which we all know Telesto is, uh, uses Harbinger for fuel. And it has possible connections to the Praxic Warlocks due to the, the, the logos, actually. And now that I've read that, that does kind of look like a Praxic Warlock logo. That's interesting. Yeah, so... This actually came up on Reddit just the other day, and um, I, I I never put those two together. And um, but yeah, this come up on Reddit the other day, and I was like, "Holy crap! Yeah, that's pretty neat." And the the logos aren't the same, but you can clearly tell the design is the the influence is there. Um, you know, and it was it was pretty neat. It was a really neat connection. The other, just a really fun point about Cassoid is that the naming scheme is typically two Latin words followed by a Roman numeral. Uh, the example is the Nox Cantor 5. Nice. So For me, it reminds me of the beaver and Ark Survival Evolved. Because <laughs> those are called like Castoroids. <laughs> so, I'm not now that y'all... Could y'all just please, could you please quit talking <laughs> about all these scrub foundries and let me talk about my OP foundry, okay? So, so I want to talk about something's really near and dear to my heart. The good folks at Nadir. <laughs> Seems... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. All I can hear is Justin's thinking about making advertisements for every single yes. one of these. Is That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. We're so, going to get these. Seems to be as much a supplier as it is a foundry. Their sights and frames can be found throughout Destiny in many different combinations. 
but they did manufacture several weapons we are familiar with, examples being Three Little Words, Scory's Revenge, 123 Syzygy, the Stranger's Rifle, supposedly uses a Nadir frame, not to mention Bad Juju, um, uses a Nadir scout rifle frame, which is very interesting. Um, Nadir weapons follow a naming scheme of a scientific term followed by a three-letter alpha code like Impulse ESC. And just to give you some background on Nadir, I actually have the the definition of the word Nadir. And this kind of shows you where they are in the pecking order of, of foundries. A nadir is the lowest point in the fortunes of a person or organization. Um, synonyms. Bottom. Rock bottom. <laughs> I can see why this is your favorite foundry. Yeah. yeah so I was wondering if someone's going to take that. That was like, Justin, you're setting yourself up for this one. I, no, I was, I was saying I had Castoid in, in the chamber and Willie said, no, you're doing nadir. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually you don't realize how many how many weapons these these lower level foundries actually um have spit out and we just we don't I mean we just get them we we shard them and we move on. No, hold on now. Hold on now. I don't go just sharding everything. Well, I'm talking I, about about like the rares and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. uh, well, I mean some rares are fun to use in crucible actually. Um, if I'm being honest here, <coughs> and I mean the deer, they they came out with I mean three little words. If you had a good roll on it, I mean everybody loves the one two three zigzaggy just because of the name, and um, not necessarily a stranger's rifle, but the exotic version. Um, no time to explain, which we all amazing. Uh, yeah, the the wording on it's just so perfect, but so. Nadir's a they they make some pretty good stuff. I think Suros makes better stuff though. Um, Blue, you take Suros. All right. So Suros believes in options, weapons that can be repurposed for a variety of combat situations. Um, they they focus on a single behavior perk, and that is it's basically grounded in the middle of the talent grid as a focus point for the weapon's core potential. The other interesting point about Suros is that all Suros weapons have Suros in the name, followed by usually three letters and two numbers. Um, and I don't have an example off the top. The most Suros is forty five. Yeah. The P- yeah. 45, DIS 43. BNS 13, um, yeah. There's plenty of options there. Like, those, those are the ones, and we have a guy, Man Tuggernut. Yes, that's his actual gamer tag. Um, he is my role master. I will ask him when these weapons come through oh, on the boundary okay. day. And I, I will say, hey, this is the roles I have. Do I get it or not? And he'll tell me either grab it or hold on to the package for next week. Now, Suros. Suros has a really cool thing. They we actually know their design philosophy, um, and this is I'm going to pull this from Destinypedia. So I'm pretty sure this is. I'm not sure. I'm not seeing where they're quoting it from necessarily, but I think it might have been from the Suros Arsenal pack. Not a hundred percent sure, but they have listed the design philosophy as this is my sword. Function is a given. It must be given form. Designed is honed precision. 
Every curve, every line, every chamber speaks to the Soros philosophy. Soros is elegance admits brutality. And I think, I'm, again, I'm not sure where that is, but you can definitely see that with like the rocket launchers and, you know, the auto rifles. I think it was during the art stream that they said that one of the one of the inspirations for Soros was um, the uh, the drag the cars the racing cars. I can't remember what Formula it is. One cars? Formula One one cars yeah thank you the Formula <laughs> One cars it was it was Formula One cars and coffee makers okay that's like the highlight of that entire stream was those were the inspirations for like all the art and so. It was a, but yeah, Soros are, Soros are like futuristic cars. Thank you, Shizzler in chat. Yeah. And, uh, you, you pretty much hear everything you need to hear about Soros in the flavor for Soros regime, mm-hmm. which says nostalgia is a weapon of war. Style is a hallmark style as a hallmark of victory. Yeah. Well, um, and they, they believe that I think the elegance amidst brutality thing is their kind of. Yeah, it's not form over function, but form's pretty dang close to function. <laughs> right. It's it's like it's approaching neck and neck. They want it to look pretty. As you shoot someone in the face. <laughs> <laughs> got a pretty cool uh shader when was is TTK we got the shader, right? The Surf shader. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm not the you guys know me I always do purple, but yeah, and then so after Soros, we're going to jump over to, I think it's Daito? I'd say Dato. Dato? Dato, Dato, Tomato, Tomato. And then, let's see, Uni, you want to take, you wanna take this one? Yeah, I'll take it. Um, so... <clears throat> Jade Rabbit and um, uh, there's we really don't know a lot about this foundry. Um, the Jade Rabbit, which is the PS4 exclusive, whatever. Um, and uh, there was also what, 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 no, just, what? just don't get us started on exclusives. <laughs> yeah, well, we're supposed to get it. Won't we be getting that on Xbox in September? Once, um, yeah, yeah, once September, the, the new content yeah. drops. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, it'll it'll probably be it'll probably be blah just like everything else. Yes. Sweet. So right, so Jade Rabbit is made by um Dado. And there was also a blue sniper uh by the name of um uh, Silver Car- I man, I can't pronounce that. Caracas. Car- Caracas. Caracas. Yes. LR4. Funny thing about Caracas, uh, it's the capital of Venezuela and also has been named as the most violent city in the world. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, they uh, they follow a naming scheme where it's the name of a city is followed by LR and then a number. Um, and uh, another example of that is – what the heck kind of name is that? Saigon? Sa- yes. Saigon. Saigon. Sorry. It's, it's what time? I'm running out of excuses, people. Uh, Saigon LR5. Just pull a Justin. Say you're from Texas and let that be that. I'm hey. just a fat boy from North Mississippi. 
I got nothing. <laughs> I put the emphasis on the correct syllable every time. <laughs> every dang time. <laughs> oh, man. So, and then that brings us to the last of our known foundries, which is the Tex Mechanica. Cool. So, Tex Mechanica is possibly one of the oldest foundries. Uh, according to Banshee, they had been making guns since the walls were even built. Uh, and this goes back to uh, the last word and the first curse, uh, which are two of their signature weapons. Uh, they craft weapons meant to recall the lawlessness of the old Wild West. Uh, initially, Lord Shax thought that his uh, that the text mechanical weapons were trash, uh, and the text mechanic representatives are known for uh, trying to bribe people uh, to use their guns or to have other people fail in using their weapons to make the text mechanical guns look good. Um, but regardless, these ended up being some of the most famous weapons in the city and in the Crucible, uh, such to the point that Lord Shax, in a kind of fourth wall-breaking, super meta way, uh, talks about how uh, Skirmish ends up being just an entire battle of thorns and last words. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, he's, it's, he's he got the year one meta right. Um <clears throat> Most of these weapons are accompanied by some tales uh, or stories beyond the wall uh, with some roaming hunters or refugee, uh, refugees going around. And if I recall, they're the only foundry with known representatives. These are, and I'm going to butcher one of these names, Modris Windham, Sia Drozin, and these are the two representatives that tried to bribe shacks in the crucible. <laughs> and then there is S. Barnes Davis, who uh, who would bribe? Yes, he orchestrated the uh, shotgun extravaganza, which is uh, a, a, a city event uh, that leads up to the guardians receiving the chaperone. Uh, their weapons are, as I said, the chaperone. The first curse, uh, the last word, and then there are two rare weapons that accompany this. One is the Silver Maverick, and the other one is the Painted Big Chief. Uh, Tex Mechanica pretty much focuses on hand cannons, uh, and they are known to work with uh, Banshee 44. Uh, And a lot of their naming conventions have to deal with the Wild West, so... Well, and that, that makes me think that one of the Banshee quotes that he's talking about, like, what do you think? I don't see the the tricks. He's actually talking about Tex Mechanica. And actually, the only, I think Ace of Spades is the only gun that is designed in similar fashion to a Tex Mechanica hand cannon that is not of Tex Mechanica. Uh, and if you've ever used a Tex Mechanica gun, you know that it always does that little finger twirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Every time you switch into it or you reload it, uh, it's really interesting when Chaperone does it because it's like a big contraption just to even get it out. But your Guardian just seems to like flip it like it's a butterfly knife or something. I noticed we actually left out another big foundry as well. Um, we never spoke about Crux Lomar. Well, it, do we consider them a foundry or more like a, a weapon developer? It's it's essentially 
Faisal Crux and uh, Faisal Crux and Victor Lomar, yeah, they're yeah. the weapon smiths, but it is a foundry. Um, they did Gallahorn, Truth, and Dragon's Breath, so they're all about the rocket launchers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I figure they are worth mentioning because, I mean, despite what people might have felt about Dragon's Breath and the Crota days, one, it has a really cool design. You know, it has that old school, like, World War II bomber plane design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, now with that new, where they give it, like, the actual, like, fire pit, it's pretty good, you know, on bosses. Yeah. So, just real quick, when he's talking about Crux Lomar, they, this is a foundry um, that would, and I think this is Justin, what you're talking about. It was founded by the weaponsmiths. Physial Crux and Victor Lomar, but they also are the creator of Yellowhorn, Truth, and Dragon's Breath are the three that are predominantly known. But you know, there's not there's not much known about them. They seem to be, especially with Yellowhorn, they seem to be the ceremonial weapon maker. Um, they do have a naming scheme of political figures followed by a two-letter alpha code and then a number. So the example there being the Baron SA slash two. And we do actually have, you know, their logo is actually kind of one of my one of my favorite ones. It's the it's a little bird skull. I wouldn't so. say it's a bird skull. That's like a like a um I say it like a No, yeah I guess that's true. A, like a deer skull, but without yeah. antlers. Just kind I don't of, know what that is. It always just took I mean, it to be a I mean, bird skull, but yeah, I know, I know yeah, you're I mean, saying that. The, I mean, it's it's definitely an odd skull. It's, but it's it, weird. It, it looks badass. Yeah, it looks, I, badass. it looks really cool. Um, but yeah, so that, I think, actually, that was a good catch. Um, but I think that does give us every single foundry. Well, the ones that are we actually well, see in games so true. far, anyway. I mean, we have we have a couple that are unknown. You know, the unknown logos, like we were talking about with the Monte Carlo. Um, I think Uni, you had you had a couple other various weapons that had kind of like a, a, a checkered pattern. Yeah, checkered pattern, and then pocket now, infinity. Yeah, Hurt Chain actually mentioned in chat, and I don't, I don't think anyone was was able to either deny or disprove or even prove. But he mentioned that he thought that this checkered pattern was a logo of the city, um, or the or the tower. Um, I'm sure he'll correct me on that, but. Um, but I, I'm, I, I, I couldn't really, I, I can't really find anything that ties this checkered pattern uh, to anything per se. Um, also, on Pocket Infinity, there's only one logo or one printed anything on that entire weapon frame, and it looks like a uh, crosshair. And right, I have, right. I have no idea. Now, I it looks the, like a the four slices. Mm hmm. Yeah, and then and then now, the other one is the, the other deer. one, right? And this is this is probability, okay? I mean, this is this is theory. We think that this logo is the Nadir products line, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, their accessories division, 
Um, if you you will find this logo, it's it's sort of a weird looking N that also wraps around and makes a D. Um, um, it literally you see it on a lot of scopes on a lot of different weapons. Um, you see it on different frames. Um, it's it's everywhere. This this thing is on almost every weapon ever, ever, and um, it, it drives me mad. And I think it was uh, me and Rhino that were you know running through some of these logos, and, and we kind of decided that this is very possibly their products division logo, if you will. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's just kind of theory, though. It kind of looks like the uh, M7 from the Mass Effect series. It doesn't exactly look like it to where I can, but like I, I was trying to figure out what that looks like to me just right offhand. And yeah. if you played Mass Effect, that it, it does remind me a lot of the the M7 logo. Well, um, can we? Uh, this is probably I yeah, know. Uh, could we add the war mines not as a foundry but as crafters uh, of guns? Crafters of guns, yeah. I mean, we we definitely could because you have the Diluvian series, mm-hmm. which look pretty identical to Pocket Infinity, even though we know Pocket Infinity uh, was crafted from Vex technology or or of uh, Fire Team data. Yeah, from Vex Data, essentially. Um, but we also have the Sleeper. And all three of those weapons have that similar Warmind design. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... my. We, we, we talked about this a little bit in chat as well. And my theory on that is... Um, okay, so Fireteam, to you, was um, on Venus where they got the vex data and they were they were all killed so the the question comes how does rasputin um you know know about the design of the pocket infinity because we know that the pocket a, a, a war mine was used to process the data that fire team to you gathered and a war mine was used to process that data that then we were able to build the weapon pocket infinity. So how does you know Rasputin have have this information? And my basic theory on that is if he took over all the war mines when he woke up, that's how he got that data. Or um, if he controlled before you know the collapse let's say there's there's the theory that you know Rasputin was the main war mine per se um, he could have also had access to that data he would have known everything that every other war mine was doing so he would have known about that data so whenever you know sleeper simulate was laid out and designed and this that and the other it would have looked similar to pocket infinity because that would have been the only other weapon he knew about per se Assuming that there's warm on on Venus. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I digress. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, do we want to? Do we want to? 
move over to some of the ideas that we had in chat that we haven't touched on. I know we were going to talk a little bit about the evolution of Red Death. Do you want to still do that? or I, I mean, just real... Well, hang on real quick. While we're on the topic of foundries and gun creators, there the gunsmiths that we do know that don't seem to be allied with any of the foundries. Uh, for example, Gwant, the exo-gunsmith who crafted the the wizards. Um, I thought it was Gaunt. I thought it was A before you. Oh, I... Did I mistype that? I might have, yeah. We might have missed that, though. Um, I know, but there, there do seem to be, like, master gunsmiths that are outside of the foundries necessarily and kind of have their own thing going which kind of ties into that whole you know well i mean banshee is an example of that too he's kind of the vanguard gunsmith but he doesn't really he makes fun of the foundries but he doesn't really align with any of them he's just you know he buys what he needs from them um banshee's his own foundry yeah. Well, Banshee must have must have been around for, I mean, obviously Banshee forty four is his de- uh, designation, but he must have been around since before the walls were even built as a gunsmith. If he can remember uh, crafting the first curse and when he had first seen the last word. Right. Oh, we have a quote that comes from the Nantanot card. Um, well, I mean, it, it's he's not a warlock Nantanot like. That that was the generalization of the Phantom. They have that exo card where you know has that Banshee quote. Us exos have been around a very long time. Mm-hmm. I want to see what's in there. So he says he's been around a while. We know that he's been around at least since Twilight Gap because he was a he was a soldier there. And he actually fought in Twilight. Mm-hmm. Gap. Yeah. So. And, um, so he's kind of got a couple screws loose. But um, do you want to do you want to go into the evolution of Red Death? Well, I, I see you have Shingen E here. Mm-hmm. The Shingen E is built to pop skulls, so that that's a blue auto rifle. And then we have Red Spectre, which is also an auto rifle, a legendary though. So I, I guess I missed this part of conversation. I'm looking forward to this as much as anybody listening is. And well, this is this is like Uni's Uni's yeah. theory. And then it goes into Red Death, which me. we all know is an exotic yeah. pulse, pulse rifle. So, so here Uni. here's the here's the connection. I'll, I'll fill you in, and I will take 110 percent of the blame. <laughs> um, because everyone thinks I'm freaking mad for this, but no, if you look at the frame. And, and if you look at the uh, Shinjin E, right, the muzzle, the frame, everything is exactly like a red specter. Okay. If you look at the red specter, correct. It has the blood and the spikes and all that. Everything. Oh, no, 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 no. The red specter is a modified Shinjin E. Okay. Let's okay. call it a prototype. Okay? There's no special attributes to the Red Spectre. No willy-nilly magic voodoo or anything like that. If you look at the Red Spectre, 
and then set the Red Death right next to it, it is the evolved version, Red Death is, of the Red Spectre. But instead of being an auto rifle, it's a pulse rifle. And, and yes, my theory is that Tolan designed it. There he goes. There he goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was yeah, waiting for it's, it. I'm, I'm sorry. It just, there's too many. Because if you look at the, 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 I guess it was the Weapons of Sorrow episode that I was on, um, where I kind of killed the chat there as well. <laughs> I, I firm, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Justin's recovered from that yet, but yeah, I'm still, I'm still working my way back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he he Tolan Tolan is known for doing some really crazy things to weapons that you know they shouldn't they just shouldn't be done, and it only makes sense to me how he could take a, a Shinjin E, um, which by the way looks very similar to a Shadow Price. And turns it into a red specter, into a red death. If you think about the correlation between red death and bad juju, they kind of do the same thing, just in a different way or from a different aspect. One, you get extra super energy when you kill a minion of the darkness, right? So you're when you kill a minion of the darkness, you no, kill in general. Even if you kill another guardian, I'm pretty sure you get extra super. Okay, so the the you get super energy from them. Okay, you get super energy whenever you kill something anyway, but you get extra super energy when you kill something with bad juju, right? Well, with red death, instead of gaining extra super energy, you get extra life force. Your actual life and your shields come back. And so he was he was approaching the same concept but from a different different way. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting down. It's yeah. it's up there with Pain Ryan and Chinese Dragon. Um, I don't uh, think it's that far. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I don't think it's quite there no, look, on the scale. But but it is a concept. I, I, I will awesome. admit. I will admit it's a stretch because, of course, yes, there's nothing that says this is per true. I mean, this is this is all theory. So I'm 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 not gonna you know I'm not gonna say that. Oh yes, this is absolute fact. No, this is theory. This is me looking at these weapon frames way too much. So that's why I say I take 110 percent of the responsibility. So, but yeah, even even then, um, it's not a. It doesn't seem so far-fetched. I mean, when you look at it, you have the IS Luna, uh, which looks like a miniature hawk moon. The hothead is uh, an unpainted dragon's breath. Correct. And obviously the stranger's rifle, which has its own other set of lore behind it. Uh, so there's no reason not to look at some guns and either see them as prototypes or as uh, replicas in some way. Correct. And a, a, another small theory of mine is that the legendary swords uh, that we get are Shax's versions of studying these swords and studying these materials. And until we kill Oryx and come back with the crystal, 
can he make an exotic weapon out of them? Does that well, make sense? Yeah, that seems to reconcile with the game mechanic. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, you have to get it up to level 280. Yes. And that's when the actual product quest starts where you get the Hattie and all that. Right. But um, we actually kill orcs. Well, we don't kill them, but we, we end up shooing him back to his, his throne world, kind of like Blue shoes me out of so many chats. Um, that's a true statement. <laughs> it, it's a very true statement. I get at least one shoe a week whenever I'm chatting. <laughs> my week, my week's not complete unless I get to use that that gif. Uh, but the point is, we we end up defeating orcs, and that's what Eris picks up out of we we talked about it earlier. Willbreaker is that shard that's actually in the legendary sword, and it right. seems like to me that the the quest afterwards, where we have to get all the kills, we have to. It, it, I want to say that the quest line itself, I don't have it up right now, but it pretty much says that we're using sword logic like it wants us to, but we're also cleansing it, and that's what ends up making it the, the exotic, like the oh, so amazing race. I'm sorry, that's the best exotic sword hands now, I'm sorry, it's later. But, so, yeah, we... we do get the sword from Shax, so there that's a hint that he did help design. But I want to say that it's getting that shard of Willbreaker that really inspired the, the design of the sword. Well, but I also get the hint from the flavor text with Ray's lighter, <clears throat> you know, not to rehash that a little bit, but we had encountered, like, Shax knew about the swords well before even the Mare Imbrium incident so like he he knew about the swords and he's wanted to research them forever since then so it, it kind of falls in line with him being the one that's responsible for making them too because he actually might be the uh the representative in the city that has the most exam or most experience with them from all the reports from burning lake Well, I mean, let, let's just put this out here, right here, right now. Whatever Shax wants, Shax gets. Oh, yeah. Except for us not invading the moon. <laughs> Which was yeah, an yeah. awesome I told you so movement for him. I was about to say, yeah. he, I mean, granted, it was a pretty big cost. But oh, yeah, yeah. He, but. he definitely uh, hit the nail on the head with Mary Graham. Yeah. So, I mean, but trying to think. Was there, is there anything, Josh, I know you had one, you had a note in here about you wanted the class-specific guns? Um, yeah, I, so when Destiny was first being uh, thought up and uh, when they had all the information, all the original information out, um, the classes were, the guns were specific to certain classes, um, so... Hunters were meant to be the the rogue type characters. Uh, they had hand cannons and snipers. Warlocks were the mages. They had scout rifles and fusion rifles. And then the titans, uh, being the vanguard. Our uh, house is master class. 
if Willie wants to think that. Uh, <laughs> just move along. Just, just keep going. Keep going. Keep they going. Had the, uh, they had the pulse rifles, the auto rifles, and the shotguns. Um, and so when we look at the class-specific items, and sorry, Willie, but your class-specific items suck, um, we see that... Hey, hey, no. I like this guy. It's... I'm just Johnny, making a point. Amobius is actually really useful to use the armor of light bubble in the crucible. And for Just nothing nobody, else. No, nobody. <laughs> no, like, useful in some as well. Um, but yeah, so when you look at the class-specific uh, specific items, it's very much uh, going to that original design. Uh, the Ace of Spades and Steel Piercer, the Tlaloc and the Susanoo, and the Fabian Strategy and the Amobius. And, uh, they work well for pretty much any uh, any subclass that you might be running, with the exception of a Mobius uh, being max. No, I was. It's it it maximizes when you're using defender. In all other cases, any other shotgun is better. Um, obviously, uh, Tleilock is Have a monster. Have you ever ran an Mobius with uh, what the hell is this arms? I have, I have, and I've immediately switched back to my chaperone because it's just so much more fun to play chaperone with no backup plans or oh. chaperone with Imperium Bellicose. You can't compare a legendary exotic. That's just not right. <laughs> not fair. Oh, oh who, man. Who said things were fair? <laughs> oh, I still have the best super. Okay. I don't care. The, uh, Hammers still by far like the greatest thing bunch of ever, ever. Are you are you having fun yeah. now that you could swing them again? <laughs> Thanks to uh, Justin, I call them Tink Tinks. Damn it, Justin! Tink 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 Tink. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that's pretty much you know there was an original design. Uh, I'm a little happy that uh you can use whatever you want, but I actually still ascribe to this. Um, so my hunter only has hand cannons. Um, and instead of snipers, which I do spread between every class, um, my hunter has sidearms, uh, my warlock has scout rifles and fusion rifles, and my titan does use pulse rifles, auto rifles, and shotguns. And I just think it max, it let, eh, it helps me, uh, maximize my playstyles for all these guys. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So I think that actually kind of hits all the points that we mostly touched on in chat. Um, so I if you guys... I wanted to tell Josh real quick that I used no land beyond sniper rifle. <laughs> I hope you think about that when you try to sleep tonight. <laughs> I'll be thinking about how I can't do no land beyond shade step anymore because shade step cancels out the reload action. So you could shoot instantly after that. <laughs> Hmm. Cares about shade stepping. <laughs> <laughs> I love. It. I love. It. He's like, you <laughs> are stupid kids in your shade stepping. Get off my lawn. I'm sorry. What happened to Twilight Garrison? Did that get nerfed too? Oh. It did. I so, never used Twilight Garrison anyway. Armentarium, baby. Double no, I don't wear. Game. I don't wear Twilight Garrison. I can swim. I don't need. I don't need that <laughs> noise. You stop it. Like I said. I'm I'm perfectly fine with the Imperium Bellicose. I'll float over doorways and shotgun them as they come by. I am not a fan of that. You're one of those people that actually likes the Icarus perk, aren't you? 
<laughs> I no 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 I I don't use Icarus. I just use Imperium Bellicose. <laughs> Why not use Icarus if you're using Imperium Bellicose? No. He has a chaperone. He doesn't need <laughs> he <would Icarus>. use. <laughs> It's one shot, one kill. <laughs> oh, okay. Shout outs. Chaperone sucks. <laughs> I don't think that's the kind of shout out we're looking for. Uni, why don't you kick us off? All right. So I want to give a big shout out, first of all. Hurt Chain, be careful out there in the real world. It's dangerous. There's real people out there. Um, so be careful. Make your way back home, wherever the heck that is. Um, have fun. Be good. Keep posting pictures. We love you. Um, and uh, Taylor B, uh, Rhino666, and Drimbus1, you guys were, you know, um, you was there in chat every day, and and we 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 had a really good time. There was a bunch of other people in there too, um, but yeah, um, chat was good this week. Chat's really gonna be good this week because of uh, I think we're talking about Crotazan, and so yeah, that's my shout outs. Um, okay, well, my my shout-outs are actually to a network that actually is now going to be hosting us on their site as well as a couple other places, but they are known as Alpha Geek Media, and their website, I'm going to pull it up to make sure that I get this correct, is www.alphageekradio.com. Um, and we are actually being hosted live on there. They're, they do a collection of radio and live stream podcasts like what we do on Twitch. They host us on their website. So if you guys haven't seen them, they have a, they have a pretty cool selection of shows over there. Um, give them a check out. And I just wanted to say thank you for, for picking us up and you know giving us some more hosting. Um, on top of that, I also wanted to thank everybody who came out to help with the Breathe Easy 2016 event last weekend. Um, I believe the total amount raised that we are going to be contributing or donating over to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is just a little smidge under $4,100. Um, so you guys who who were participating, yeah, you guys who participated in that... Um, Thank you again so much for taking time out of your out of your holiday weekend. That was a huge, huge thing, and we really appreciate that. And I'm going to hand it off to Justin. Yeah, um, great show. Big shout out to uh, Uni and Josh for being uh, great hests, great hosts, not hests. Um, hests. Hest. I was fixing to say love you, bro, but again, hests. You get hests. <laughs> Okay, Uni, you may with this show you might have become our our highest recurring guest. Is that correct, Blue? No. Is that three? Mm, no, five. Five was three. Yeah, it was five. five. Had, well, okay. you're tied with five. So how? Five. Five. You're in y'all, good y'all Well, y'all asked five to come on before me, so I mean, all right, whatever. Well, we were, we were working up the guns. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't. Work up the courage to ask yeah. you, Uni. So, so, yeah. we, um, 
So also, uh, hope everyone had a really safe and happy 4th of July and came away with all your fingers and all your toes. Um, big shout out to DOD Chatterwhite crew, um, the crew that I roll with. And also, last but not least, big shout out to the safest place in any Titan's house, the Top Shelf. You're the MVP, Top Shelf. Really? Way to go. Really? They're not really T-Rex arms. Like, they're normal-sized arms. It's just they're not like warlocks. They don't get that OP range. I love, that, I love how everyone just winds him up. <laughs> it just lets him go. People are trying to kill me. Like, Jesus. He's got Hamburger Helper up there from, like, 1994. <laughs> He's just like, if I could get up there, I'd so eat that. <laughs> Come on, Willie. Imperium Bellicose doesn't sound so bad. In fact, I made it a couple days ago with no problem. I didn't have to even jump. I just reached up there. Willie, too bad. I'd help help train you in the ways of Imperium Bellicose. I will never use that exotic. <laughs> and I'm now, thinking now, now, just now you spite. have him. Now you have him like morally opposed to using that yeah, exotic. I'm, I'm, I'm going to delete mine when we get done with this. Actually. <laughs> oh, um, no. So anyway, to my shout outs. Of course, as always, big shout out to DODX One Foxtrot. That's my cool crew that just demolishes everything. Um, big shout out to Thomasaurus Rex on Xbox. I had fun shooting you and your friend on Iron Banner. And I could tell that you were having fun shooting me in the face back, so thanks for you know, the recognition in the chat kind of me off guard there. Like in the middle of the match, I get a message, so yeah. just want to give him some recognition. Um, I think that's all I have. For you. you know, Screw Josh. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Josh got all that salt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I also want to point out that the only reason I'm, I'm even aware of you guys is because Willie was the one who dragged me into this. Because I, <laughs> I remember that. I, I made a single pay-in post and Willie thought that I was God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you gave him validation at a time when he really needed it. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now as far as I'm concerned, screw you guys. <laughs> but anyway, to talk to your combatants. brilliant Bill and Gross, along with your, your chaperone, because you're just going to shoot people in the face in the air with your brilliant Bill and Gross chaperone. Yeah, <laughs> her <laughs> chain. Her Rank chain. 65 ejectments <laughs> years. <laughs> Oh my god. So, uh, Blue, you want to wrap it up? With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to all those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again to Unisyst and Demigod for joining us to chat about weapon lore. You guys were amazing. If you want to hear more of their thoughts on this topic, be sure to give them a big shout in the Discord chat. 
Please be sure to email us at focusfire at gmail.com with any feedback or questions concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes or through email as well. There are, of course, a ton of weapons in Destiny, so I want to put this offer out there for everyone. If there was a weapon that we did not discuss in this chat that you would like to hear about, please email us that request so that we can work with Unisys on his new Destiny item lore series, who is which is being hosted on our YouTube channel, to get a more detailed look at that particular item. We do try to keep to the scheduled Wednesday night streams of the chat, starting at approximately 10 p.m. Central, but if we have any variations, we always make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account, at FocusFireChat. So, until next time, the lore band marches on. Singer with a beard. The only what? I'm sorry. So many things. You definitely heard that properly. Yeah. So many things there. That comment's like an onion. There's layers. First of all, not parfait. Not like parfait, it's like onion. Oh, it's like an onion. Because it stinks. <laughs> Something's rotten. <laughs> you, can, you can hear the... You can we hear can, the... Bang! <laughs> I was typing something. Head. So I, 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 was gonna, I was like, yeah, Hank got beard and he's a warlock. And apparently the sun's in Yeah, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, Julian. Okay. Save uh, that. Oh my god, God, I'm gonna cry. (laughs) So, uh...